Hello and welcome to another edition of a WATG podcast. This is a special edition where we get to listen to kids' voices. And it's special for me because this is my oldest son, and I will let him introduce himself. Uh, so first of all, f- introduce your name. Introduce yourself, uh, Carson, uh, your name, age, and what part of Wisconsin you're from. Hello, my name is Carson Jennerjohn, and my age is 11 years old. The part of Wisconsin I'm from is the southern part of Wisconsin. All right. What city? Wanakee, Wisconsin. Okay. If you could let your classroom or homeroom teacher know anything about your abilities, what would would they be? If I could let them know about my abilities and my, my strengths, I would say that I am a very smart and intelligent person who always strives to do his best even when the task is hard but just because the task is hard doesn't mean I will not just try harder and try to and pursue all my passions and my dreams of of doing being my best and my doing fulfilling my best capabilities okay what was one of the hardest things you have dealt with uh, during daily instruction some of the hardest things I've dealt with during daily instructions given by the teachers or classmates would be miscommunication on topics such as if we're supposed to do this assignment this week, if we did it last week, or do we have to do it in repeat, or when is this assignment due, when do we have to complete and finish this assignment by, and misconceptions and communications kind of modeling like that. Okay. What was one of your highlights from school, would you say? One of my highlights from school, I personally, I think, is when we, in science, got the opportunity to construct bottle rockets and derby cars and tests and we we consider the fact the compact the f- factors and components of science in each of those two things the bottle rockets and the derby cars such things like s- studying and and really getting down deep into the heart of gravitational pull and forces interacting against the bottle rockets and the derby cars and other other specific forces that might imply a an impact that could affect greatly 
our bottle rockets and our derby cars when we when it came time to race them and to see what what design model really worked and how we could improve our bottle rockets and our derby cars for next time to make it even better okay so Carson if there was one thing that uh, could improved in the in the learning process um, for, for kids going to school what what do you think that would be more what I think that would be is more more learning opportunities more concentration on a topic if a student doesn't understand or can't comprehend what the teacher is trying to indicate to us and trying to teach us in whatever concept or way they are they are very trying hard to to complete with us i think that the teachers sometimes might need more concentration on different various topics that the majority of the students might not have and have a difficult understanding of that concept or just more support like you got this or you will get through this and just more perseverance that could that could be needed both by the students and by the teachers to help construct a a positive learning environment that is very very effective and has a a considerable impact on the school and the district and moving things forward for the student and for the teacher. All right, Carson, those are some uh, some pretty good things. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Welcome to another Wisconsin Association for Talented and Gifted podcast series. This is uh, Kids Voices. I am Corey Jennerjohn, and I am pleased to be joined by another gifted and talented uh, Kids Voices uh, interviewee. Um, Hannah, uh, can you please introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks, Corey. Uh, my name is Hannah Schmidt, and I am from originally from rural northern Wisconsin, a small town called Tomahawk. Okay. And just give us a quick uh, bio on yourself, Hannah. Sure thing. I graduated Augsburg uh, University now in 2017, uh, did a Fulbright year following my senior year in school, and then came back to the U.S. where I started pursuing a master's degree in justice and reconciliation and started working full-time at the Minneapolis VA as a research coordinator. Well, very good. Very, uh, that's very heady stuff, Hannah. Very, very, very good. <laughs> um, first of all, let's, let's just kind of dive right in. Um, what has the uh, gifted and talented programs, uh, what, what have they meant for you? Um, I can begin at a really young age on that question, Corey. Okay. Uh, the gifted and talented program at my school back when I was a youngster was called LEAP. Um, 
and we would get to leave our regular classes and go do a more structured um, class setting uh, that's probably a little more along the lines of maybe a Montessori school, but something that's really targeted toward our age group and our um, education level or where we are at learning-wise. And it started when I was young being something that was a reprieve from normal classes. Um, a lot of my classes weren't necessarily a challenge for me, um, and as a result, I would often find myself doing other things, um, like writing, drawing, anything to keep my brain engaged. And so throughout my school years, those gifted and talented classes were a way to actually engage and dig in and see to what uh, extent I could go and how far I could push myself and take myself. Interesting, so if you, uh, I don't know, kind of take a take a memory trip back if you, you know if you remember how how often you were not engaged um wh what did that mean um in terms of you like did you ever act out if you, if you were bored or anything like that sure good question um i think the worst years for me i would say um were probably middle school and high school as far as being not engaged elementary school there's just a lot of color sounds um, things to keep you constantly uh, <laughs> occupied shall we yeah. say yep. um, and in my older years it became a lot harder to just stay focused in class um, as a student i never really acted out i was more of a quote-unquote people pleaser child um, so my, my disengagement came in the form of very quietly doing my own thing. So if that came, hey, I got really into writing poetry in high school and that would be during math class, that would be during honestly any, any moment that I found myself in class not paying attention because I already knew the material or um, had already read it. Uh, so it would be writing anything I could pour out uh, drawing things, I would work ahead. I would rarely have homework just because I do it in class. Um, or if we were reading a group book as a class, I would often be finished with the book when we were reading out loud together or I'd be several chapters ahead and would have to be called back to the awkward, Hannah, can you read next? And then say, I have no idea where we are. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard I've heard stories where um, teachers teachers kind of lean on gifted and talented kids as a, as another pseudo teacher, if you will. Do you, do you remember uh, kind of fulfilling that role in the class? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, I've always uh, disliked quote unquote group projects um, because when you have students. Uh, I think, I'm, I'm not a teacher, so I can only infer this, but when you have students that maybe need less direction, um, sometimes it's easier to pair them with students that need more direction, um, and it can be really challenging, at least for me as a gifted kid, to be put in that position because, you know, I know what I want to do, and it's not necessarily that they're automatically a good leader. Um, <laughs> In my case, I, I happen to be okay at leading. It just, it, it was always kind of like pulling teeth. Um, your your intelligence level doesn't necessarily mean um, 
a good uh, level of patience, especially when that patience is expected and assumed um, from teachers for us to have for uh, not only our peers, but also for the teachers in the curriculum. Okay. That's interesting. Where, Hannah, where do you think, um, where do you, do you think, do you think we're in a good spot with the gifted and talented programs right now? Uh, and uh, where, where do you think, where do you think gifted and talented programs need to go uh, if, if there's another, if there's another frontier for uh, gifted and talented programs to get to? Ooh, that, those are, very loaded and separate questions. Um, I'll try to answer as briefly as possible. I think that we are making progress. Um, I think progress is something that you know we're constantly striving for and trying to achieve. Um, I still think there are a lot of kids that are slipping between the cracks or a lot of schools that um, think they're differentiating um, and that's not necessarily the case. It might be allowing students to go one unit ahead and that's that's not truly engaging um, gifted students so I think a lot of the times even if we think we're okay we can always do better and that's you know that's kind of the work of Waytag and the mission of Waytag which is wonderful Um, I know that a lot of um, communities like rural areas and maybe um, areas of the non-global majority or yeah of the global majority um are oftentimes a little bit more under met when it comes to uh student needs and i think that's just kind of across the spectrum so um for schools in maybe more lower economic or lower socioeconomic areas um just trying to meet the basic needs of education, let alone trying to um, engage students across the spectrum is a challenge and something that we can always get better at. That's that's a really good point. So finally, growing up in God's country in Tomahawk, Wisconsin, way <laughs> up north, um, did you ever come across, I mean, because you said uh, you were, in, you were in, a, in, the, in what was called the LEAP program. Did were there ever, you know, maybe uh, friends, parents, or maybe even other teachers that did not weren't fully invested in uh, in that leap in that leap program or the gifted and talented program? They weren't really sure what exactly it was that you were doing. Oh, definitely. Um, I think not just parents. I think other students too. They knew that we were leaving. Um, kind of like that childhood or adolescent understanding of their leaving Um, and then it just became like oh they have special classes I don't I don't really think there was the understanding because it's hard you know it's hard to say like these students are um, not exactly at the same reading level or not at the same math level without it making it seem for young adults like you aren't like the rest of the class isn't doing enough when that's not the case. Um, so I definitely think there was a lot of misunderstanding, <laughs> not just in our classes, but also in the community. Um, I was incredibly fortunate that my parents fought tooth and nail for <laughs> for um, every educational experience I had beyond 
just like the normal classroom curriculum. Um, and I think if they hadn't, or if they didn't know about it, didn't know that was an option or could be an option, I, I don't know that that would have been achieved in any way um, at my particular school. There were certain teachers that did really, really wonderfully. Um, like I can think of three or four off the top of my head that even without the, the persistent pushing of my parents um, recognized, you know, oh, hey, maybe I should be giving her different books to read um, or different math problems that are more fun rather than just having her teach her peers in a mini study group. Uh, <laughs> so I don't really know if I answered that. No, I think, that, I think that's really good. Uh, actually, wants me. Uh, I want to ask one more question. First, so first of all, I just want to say, I think your mom is an incredible person. Um, I agree. You know, that's, <laughs> this is not a paid message. Uh, she, yeah, she's really an incredible person. Uh, and I want to get back to what you said before about uh, if you if you if your parents didn't advocate for you for so much, um, where you know how do you. How do you think you would have ended up? And I mean, would would the end result have been a whole bunch different, do you think? Honestly, I think it could have been. Um, you know, this is pure speculation because I was one of the fortunate few that had parents who advocated. But, uh, you know, it started even as early as kindergarten and just followed me through my young adult life um, where it became not only that my parents were advocating but I, I was kind of able to adopt that style of self-advocacy in whatever manner I could um, as a young adult okay um, I think if I didn't have that I either would have become much more creative um, aka just writing and drawing constantly um, because there was never any break from the so-called and and this isn't anything against normal classrooms it just gets kind of monotonous um, burnout for gifted kids is different than burnout for other kids because burnout can come simply from what is energizing or normal for uh, quote-unquote regular kids <laughs> um, very true yep and I, I think I just wouldn't have understood myself, why I was feeling that way, um, or what could be possible without my parents, and if things could have turned out very differently. That's really interesting. For, I, I want to, Hannah, I want to thank you for uh, just coming aboard the Kids Voices uh, as a part of uh, the WATG podcast series. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. No problem. Hello and welcome to another WATG podcast series. I'm your host, Corey Jennerton, and this is kids voices today i'm joined by liam liam thanks for joining me liam can you introduce yourself please yeah i'm liam Wick. uh and how old are you i'm 11 okay 
And how and what would you say is your favorite subject in school? Probably language arts. Okay, cool. All right, so Liam, <clears throat> what? How important has uh, the gifted and talented process been for you? Would you say? I've enjoyed it. Okay, what what is one thing that kind of sticks out to you? as to um as you know for your enjoyment what what's one thing that kind of uh makes you think that uh the gifted and talented programs are are a really good thing well it lets you work harder on the things that um might not be too hard for you in normal classes Okay, good. Um, how have you noticed a lot any any of your friends or classmates that you think should be included in uh, the gift and talented program and they currently are not? Um, not really. Most of my friends are in it. Okay. And do you think is the gift and talented program is it is it a good place to meet friends and kind of have a have have a larger have a larger social circle? It's kind of a it's kind of a kind of a neat it's kind of a neat thing not just for not just for learning but for you know gaining friends and uh, having friendships, right? Yeah, I'd say that's correct. Cool. Why? Um, why do you think um, there are so many people that? Uh, how do you how how do we get how do we get the word out about uh, gift and talented programs? Why do you think that there's there are so many people that still have yet to know um, a decent amount of information about gift and talented? Why do you why do you think that is, Liam? Um. Well. When you go to school, they don't really, like, tell you anything about it or, like, say much about it. You just eventually find out that you're going to be part of the program if you're doing really good in your classes. At least that's what happened with me. Okay. So, like, was there any, like, um, was there any discussion in terms of what exactly that means? Like, okay, Liam, you're going to be in the gifted and talented program. Was there anything like, uh, by, did you ask any questions? Like, I'm not, I'm not really sure what that means. Did they, was there any explanation on that? Well, they really just told us that we were going to like a higher class level. Okay. And that had to make you feel pretty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's cool. But my, when my son was told that he's going to be uh, he was going to be working a, a grade above in math uh, he was really uh, really excited and um, uh, we we also said that you still have to uh, remain grounded because uh, you know there's you have a lot of classmates that are still going to be in in the same in the same grade level there's not obviously not going to be as many gifted and talented kids uh, that are going to be moving taking that jump with you is that is that 
kind of a challenge for you not to be, I don't know, shall I say overexcited, but not to be, not to be so excited uh, so that your classmates and other friends that are not in the gifted and talented programs, so they don't get discouraged and upset. Is that, is that sometimes kind of difficult? Um, no, not really. Okay. okay. All right. Um, okay, Liam, is there, is there anything else that you would like to add about, uh, the gifted and talented programs? How, how could... How could your gifted and talented programs be even better, would you say? Uh, well, I think it would be better if they, um, I don't really know, actually. <laughs> okay. Is would would you like it if it if there was something like a uh, if there was like a universal test, which meant that if you do well on this test, then everybody then then you are in gifted and talented, or uh, should you know do you think they should handle it a different way? Um, or do you think, or do you think the way that it's being handled right now is uh, is very, very good? Well, I like the way it's being handled now, but maybe have higher, like even higher level reading than they already do now. Okay, like an even, uh, like another, like another challenge level above the one that you have. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Cool. Um. All right. Um, I guess. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to add, then, Liam? Nope. Okay. Thanks a lot, and uh, I appreciate it. And continue to be challenged in school. And I, I appreciate everything that you do for uh, for the gifted and talented programs, and uh, and for others as well. Appreciate it. Thank you.